This is the ZMAR Podcast. Elite Benefits of America helps small and mid-sized companies with their health insurance programs. And now, your host, Butch ZMAR. So as we record this uh, current podcast, uh, we're heading into April of 2023 now, and we're talking about mid-year reviews with a lot of our clients. It's already the conversation's already started. Some of it's a little bit too early, but um, you know, early is better than late. And so uh, there's a lot of that goes in behind the scenes. So on this episode, I'm going to walk you through some of the things that we do on our side, just a high level overview. Maybe one day we'll get into a nitty gritty so you understand the back office and what what goes on not only at our agencies but um, most agencies. I'm going to walk you through some, um, you know, you know, benefits renewal th- items, and then also uh, scaling with benefit plans. And so I think uh, a lot in store. So, so with the renewal process on our side, right, we, we go sometimes as early as 90 days early uh, when we start the renewal process. But the mid-year re- uh, renewal process is just more of um, how are things working, how are things not working. Sometimes it makes sense to do a mid-year change, but there's a lot of things that go on during the traditional renewal process that never get discussed. And so uh, it's a good opportunity to go back and reach out to some of those clients and, and bring those pieces together and, and try to formulate a plan to make sure they get executed. Sometimes doing it off cycle, so to speak, uh, is better. So like some that are interested in doing an online enrollment or online benefit management system, it's better to do an off season because you can match the benefits to the employees. We just load all the data. We don't, we're not under time restraints. And then when it comes up to renewal, we load the new plans in there and away we go. Um, and so there's just less involvement at that point. And there's, um, again, we're not tight on time, um, such as a deadline, uh, other than the deadlines we create because we have time, um, mid season. The other thing would be is definitely compliance. I know we talk about compliance a lot, but it's becoming um, a bigger common topic. And I do think that there's going to be more and more audits related to it, uh, Department of Labor audits, uh, and as well as the IRS audits when it comes to benefit plans such as the pre-tax document, the 5500 reporting, uh, the ACA reporting. I mean, after all, I forget what the exact number, but uh, didn't Congress in 2022 hire or look to hire 30,000 new IRS agents? I just think there's going to be a lot more activity uh, going on. But also the workforce dynamics, we'll get somebody um, that uh, really specializes in HR to talk about some of the employee changes that are going on with the new younger generation that's coming to the workforce. And I think um, some of them could be a little bit more demanding. So we have to make sure that our our items are up to snuff, so to speak. So that way, if there was actually a Department of Labor complaint over something, that we were able to retrieve documents in a timely manner and the accurate documents, and not just um, you know, uh, in the military we call it pencil whipping uh, or gun ducking um, and putting together documents just because there's a panic mode. Uh, we want to be ready, right? Like it's going to happen at some point uh, just because it's a numbers game. And so we might as well have certain things in, in place. Uh, and that's the purpose. Go through the mid-year review and go through all that. But now internally, when we start moving closer to renewal dates, the actual renewal date, not mid-year, but but even mid-year, we'll go through some of this depending on the employer and um, how many changes they have. 
and a word to all the employers out there that's listening to this. But if there's any bigger change, like one or two employees uh, is not what I'm talking about, but all of a sudden you go through a hiring spree and there's 10 or 15 new employees, or you make an acquisition, or you a partner change, uh, whether it's a buyout, sellout, whatever it might be. If there's a change at all that's big enough, significant, um, that's when you need to pull your insurance, your uh, benefits broker, benefits consultant into the room and have that conversation to make sure you're still on track uh, or if we need to redirect um, so that we have less issues going um, to the fourth quarter uh, or whenever your renewal is. But so on our side, we usually, um, between 60 and 90 days, we actually go to the carrier, we pull the current census. And the reason we do that is because the last open enrollment data may be stale and you may have had changes such as terminations or hires. And so we also, a lot of times as efficient or as big as insurance companies are, they don't always provide us the renewal. So we actually have to go out and request the renewal. Um, and this happens early um, on. And so... Uh, a lot of times then we'll get the census, uh, which is the employee data, birthdays and dependents and information such as that, uh, and the renewal way before you ever receive a notification from the insurance company. Because the insurance company is going to probably notify you as well. Uh, in most cases, they do, especially for um, the under 50 employee fully insured market. The self, um, self-funded market is a little bit different, but you still get notifications in some degree. Um, and so once the, these two items, then we load them into, um, we have technology on our side that provides some shopping tools, so to speak, um, and allows us to compare and contrast um, other markets and uh, compared to your current rate uh, or renewal, because in some cases you may get a 40% renewal. So while we're already working on it 60 days out, of trying to how to combat this renewal for you. Uh, I can't speak for every agency. A lot of agencies will do this, especially um, even bigger shops. They'll definitely do this for any account, 15, 20 employees or higher. When it gets lower than that, a lot of um, bigger shops will actually lose energy and drive for it and just throw you to renewal when it comes in and just tell you to call if they have, if you have any questions. Uh, I'm not uh, necessarily a fan of that. I get it because, you know, most companies that are under 10 employees usually don't change. And so despite what the renewal increase really is, uh, and they they just have less choices. So the uh, when the current choice is ugly and the comparisons are ugly, you just kind of stay with what you know. And if your company is obviously larger than that, then you'll be able to Um, have a little bit more engagement Um, and so but we'll pull comparisons Uh, we'll try to see what our markets are what are a couple ideas it's going to be more about what the company goals are right so yeah we have a we have a set of cards right so we we try to play the best cards we can in some cases if you feel like you every year you're getting the same results and especially if you're over 10 employees uh, if you're in the smaller space just get a second opinion. doesn't mean you have to switch. Just be upfront with the, the new broker that you're just trying to get a second opinion on this. Um, so they're not investing some time. Just note that they may charge you for that uh, with the uh, most likely an option for a refund, um, assuming that you guys do business. But they may not too, or they may keep the... Uh, it, it just really depends. Just work with that broker. I, w- I would respect any of those decisions that would be made. Uh, just make sure that you're upfront so you're not... The broker doesn't feel like you're wasting their time where they think you're trying to switch brokers and then 
you end up staying with your current broker and they spend all that time, just be upfront. Uh, it, it'll probably be just an easy conversation. They'll be willing to compare it. I joke with some people that call us and we compare it almost every year. I just say sometimes, you know, I may not be the first guy you call. I just want to be the second guy. And one day I will be that second call and, um, and then we'll earn the business. And so, um, It'll happen at some point. So we put them in. We do a comparison. Uh, we schedule time to review. Um, sometimes with the smaller groups, we don't end up scheduling time, um, part, partly because um, the employer uh, looks through the renewal and he just um, makes it, he or she makes their own decisions on it, and that's fine because they're smaller micro groups. But companies that have a certain number of employee base, there's usually some type of element of review, whether it's on site or Zoom or over the phone. We go through some options. Um, today, post-COVID, we usually do a lot via Zoom or phone call um, with very little on-site engagement, but on-site engagement is definitely key in a lot of local markets, but uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be the case. Uh, like, for example, we have clients um, in Detroit, Ohio, California, Florida. Um, we're not driving. You know, like, there's not enough revenue on those accounts to actually fly across the country, spend an overnight in a hotel, go over a review, and fly back. It would have to be a, a, a pretty good size account or nationwide account. No disrespect to the smaller ones, but just um, just uh, convenience of time. But we do have clients all over the country, and we just do Zoom, and that works out just fine. Uh, we go through any changes. You know, obviously, what's the goal and what's the biggest thing holding you back, right? And most of the time, it's money and cash flow. Uh, some of it could be um, market. It could be COVID, post-COVID, you know, supply chain issues kind of thing. But we go through that, and then once we make our determination of what benefit package we're going to offer, we schedule the open enrollment, and then uh, we proceed accordingly. And this may be a, somewhat of a repeat from other podcasts, but I think it's important to go through, whether you're going through a mid-year review or if you're actually going through the actual renewal, provide yourself some time because you don't want to wing it. You're, you're dealing with other people's um, households, and so... Sure, some of it, the business owner has the keys to do whatever he wants and maybe within the capacity that's there, but you have to be mindful that there's other people, right? Uh, the number one strategy that insurance brokers use with, ins uh, with their employers or their companies to control costs is between deductible and out-of-pocket expenses. The one thing that I've never been in a room with insurance brokers discussing this topic, that anybody's ever taken an account the family sitting at the kitchen table trying to figure out how to pay their grocery bill and their deductible went up by $400 and their out-of-pocket maximum went, by, uh, went up by another $400. So that's another $800 if something were to occur that they have to come up with at some point. The good news, there's financing options, and we discussed those on the podcast, and we should re keep reviewing those options so that people keep hearing it and make some changes on the retail front. But Never I've been in a room where they've ever considered that cost. They were focused on the employer's cost. And uh, I think that's um, the wrong mindset, especially if you're going to talk about growing and scaling, which we're going to talk about scaling with benefits here shortly. But definitely something to uh, consider that you have to look at it from a different angle. Always, whether they're a new account or if they're an established client with us and we worked with them for many, many years, I mean, in some cases, uh, you know, I play my kids play hockey with some of these owners um, as well as you know been scuba diving with some people like some of them become personal friends over a period of time so I already know a lot about them but I usually just you know the situation's the boss I say what so tell me what's going on like what's your biggest pain what's going like when it comes to benefit programs and providing 
insurance benefits to your employees, right? Usually it's an open-ended question for many different reasons. Sometimes it's very short and say, yeah, it's all right. You know, like we haven't heard anything and then you move on, right? But in other cases, they're like, wow, I, you know, I'm glad you asked, right? And then all of a sudden you're spending 30 minutes going back and forth because that's what it's really about, right? Like the employee engagement and their communication with their employer and the feedback they're getting. Uh, we took over account one time just to give you a case study there was a broker in there has been there for i want to say a long long time previous owner uh used them so the new owner ended up using them for at least 10 years and then somehow we got in touch and they're sharing with me the story about local provider issues and the other broker was like well we could do this or we could do that but the premiums would increase and they didn't know what to do and so uh, I understood the local market. I understood the hospital they were going through. They were actually going through an acquisition with a bigger uh, hospital system. So I had some inside knowledge, I guess. It's it's public, but you know, I I had some trend uh, data that we were able to look at and say, well, with this new provider coming in, here's what was what it's going to look like because this is what happened when it when they made an acquisition somewhere else. And so we went through some plan data and um, we ended up switching to another plan that worked for the hospital system. That was the only hospital system that half of the employees were even concerned about. He did not know that at the time, but um, we eventually found out during this process and we ended up saving them 25% on the renewal. And so um, it went backwards because we were able to find a lower cost plan that suited their employees' needs as long as they were able to stay in that local market. And so if they were to go elsewhere, then we would have to do a little more homework. But the employee base on the feedback, the surveys they, they were doing um, seemed like that wasn't an issue. Which brings to another point, you need to get the feedback. So some people do it in open room meetings, town hall type things. Someone will send all their employees email and ask them to fill out a survey. Some will do one-on-one -on -one meetings with their employees which takes a little bit of time, but well worth it in the end. Good data that comes at back. It's kind of like uh, undercover boss in some cases where all of a sudden, uh, if you get employees on a good good note, they'll t share with some things that are problems with the company or problems they're facing. And then the employer's like, man, for $500, I could fix your problem. Like, I, like a lot of our clients would be willing to put money on the table of their own money and, and try to fix things for their employees. And it's happened uh, similar to what we see on Undercover Boss, um, but just a more on a local level, small business type um, environment. Another one topic here on a checklist would be like research new benefits. But researching new benefits really is leaning on the, the benefits consultant um, of offering um, different ways to package a plan. So like we had one account, just share more case studies, right? We had one where we added a higher deductible plan and introduced an HRA, health reimbursement arrangement. And so in, in this plan design, the way the premiums worked out was in this reimbursement arrangement that we worked out that the employer was going to pay half the deductible. And so if there was any claims and it lowered the premium and it was a win-win. So the, the, those who chose to take that plan end up saving, I think it was like 14 or 15%. And most employees didn't meet that much of their deductible. So they paid 50% up to a certain max. 
uh, I want to say the deductible was uh, $5,000, so the employer was going to pay up to $2,500. Most of them end up not spending more than 1000 or 1500 of that. The employer may not like a bandit as well as the employees because they felt like they were getting some of their expenses paid for, and obviously that brings happy campers. Not everybody went with that plan, but, but for those who that did, there was obviously some savings there. Telemedicine's becoming more common, especially since COVID. A lot of medical plans have it built in, um, but it's provided by the insurance company. And self-funded plans, we usually have to add it to some degree. Um, and obviously other programs to help that, uh, such as medical management and um, um, other resources, such as uh, direct primary care to help access the health care. Obviously, budgets could change throughout the year as well as yearly. Um, so mid-year reviews could help tighten some things up. Doesn't mean we could make plan changes, but we can anticipate some things in the future. Um, so that's an important thing because I always say money is important, um, but it's not the only thing. So we usually move that to the side and bring that back up later um, because if you can't afford it, um, it the plan means nothing. And so yeah, we'll focus on the plan, uh, keeping cost in mind, and then we'll, we'll actually do a, a check against the budget just to make sure it works. Um, in some cases it does, in other cases we have to readjust. Obviously, um, having meetings throughout the year with your insurance agent could be important. Um, in some cases you may have to initiate it, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, uh, because uh, just like your CPA, your accountant's probably not reaching out you every three months, picking up the phone saying, hey, how you doing? Uh, just checking in with you, uh, see how things are going. Maybe they will, depending on the relationship, but a lot of them won't. They just have too many clients, too many, they're solving too many problems is what it comes down to. They don't always have time to call. Um, they they probably make a genuine effort, but it doesn't always occur. Definitely uh, reach out and try to be proactive with it because you're going to get benefit because you're going to get the resources from them if you initiate the call. Uh, as well. So it's not like you're going to get the band on the stick because you're bothering them in some cases, but most cases the broker's like, yeah, I'm glad you called. Like you're on my radar now. Let's go ahead and put something on the calendar. And so, I mean, I, if you're a bigger account for them, uh, a couple hundred employees or a thousand employees, it might be a little different. You're going to hear from them a little bit off um, more often. Usually the account manager or executive is engaged with the HR, whoever's managing the benefits um, at that point. And then um, usually it's just uh, light touches throughout the year unless there's something comes up. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of accounts that the commercial agents take over the benefits or have the benefit package. Just challenge them with some of the information that you get here because uh, I tell you, commercial agents should stay away from benefits. The same as benefits agents should stay away from commercial accounts. I think there should be a genuine partnership involved, but that's from the world of Bojzimar. Some people are savvy enough to do both. Uh, I'm telling you, you're going to miss the boat um, on compliance issues on one side or the other, and it's come back to haunt you. Um, so if you're working with a commercial agent, just challenge them a little bit harder on some of this stuff because they may not be aware of it. They may have resources for it. That's great. Just make sure that you know, you're doing your job. It is an employer-sponsored plan. You're responsible at the end of the day. So uh, just make sure you have all the information um, that uh, you think you need to make good decisions for your employees. Obviously, communicate changes. You should communicate changes with your employees regardless of the situation, but uh, uh, you you should definitely, any changes that coming up or some things they're looking at, maybe get some feedback. Maybe nobody wants wellness. Maybe everybody wants wellness, right? Uh, why provide a benefit if no one's going to use it? Every year, you need to update your handbook. 
whether you know it or not. It is not a compliance issue necessarily, but there's items in there that correspond to a compliance issue. So like for example, if an employee does not understand when they're eligible for benefits and it's not spelled any out anywhere, such as your employee handbook, that's an issue. Uh, you need to make sure that they're very clear on when they're eligible for benefits and when they're not for that matter. Updating the ha employee handbook is important. If you don't have one, definitely need to get one. If you haven't updated in a while, you definitely need to do that. Um, this is missed all the time. This is just forgotten about sitting on a shelf, and it only comes up when there's issues that come up with the employees. You need to be proactive. A lot of things change in the workplace. Technology has changed. How are you managing with people bringing their own devices to work? How are you managing for a bunch of stuff like you know paid time off or leave time or um, sick time or whatever it might be? You need to communicate. Uh, if you don't have access to this or don't know where to go, just call our office. Um, we have a free resource that we provide to all our clients. We'll, we'll, we'll just let you access to it. Um, just call our office. We'll get you in there. And then the next step would be is prepare for the open enrollment. In this case, if you're doing a mid-year re, uh, review, uh, you're just kind of preparing things months in advance. Kind of get some timelines on, on the calendar. And I tell you, this is going to pay off if you get plan ahead, even if it's early. We've had some clients that we did early re reviews uh, last year, 2022, somewhere between June and July. We were done with the open enrollment November 1st. And so they were able to go to the rest of the year and not have the stress. Employees had their insurance cards probably by December 1st at the latest. And um, then any changes that were, that were made, if at all, were um, January 1st. And so why wait, uh, especially in the heat of the moment, because everything is stressed out, not only at the employee uh, or the, in the workplace and the company, um, employees get stressed out because it's the holiday season. And then in our office and many other insurance agencies, it just, um, it's an all hands on deck and pure chaos. And, and, and we have 60 days essentially to wrap things up. And so um, it'll make it easier for everybody if you just start early and finish it early. And then obviously monitor changes throughout the year. HR and employers and CFOs out there that's listening to this, make sure you make notes in a journal uh, throughout the year as things happen um, so that way you don't have to go back and try to remember things that occur throughout the year uh, so we can address it accordingly. Hey gang, ever wonder what it's like to be a small business owner? It's confusing. Weird expenses coming out of nowhere. And when you throw in health insurance, forget it. Nobody understands how that works. If you own a business, big or small, it's one of the biggest expenses you have all year long. And yet, we all wait until open enrollment at the end of the year, and then we think to ourselves, next year, next year I'll get a jump on it. And then it's another year of paying way too much. If you're a business owner, big or small, HR representative that wants to impress the boss, give Butch Zemar of Elite Benefits of America a call. Save yourself or your boss thousands or even tens of thousands of dollars a year. Reach out to Butch right now, 708-535-3006, or shoot him an email, butch at elitebenefits.net. And be sure to check out the Zemar podcast. Don't wait till the last minute. Put Butch Zemar to work for you now. So let's talk a little bit about scaling your business when it comes to employee benefits. It literally starts with one and it goes from there. Uh, but there's a lot of things you have to do in advance or try to in advance or timelines or uh, checkpoints, whatever you want to call it, that you'll be able to um, be ready when the time occurs. Like, for example, 
we have startup companies or you know companies have been around for a while they're 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 finally ready to provide a health benefit and so it's usually only for one or two and they're really so narrow-sighted on that they only want one plan and and i'm there and saying no 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 i think you need to offer two or three because that next hire may not want that or you next hire might say i want to review your benefit package before i commit and then if you provide one plan they're going to say they could say no and so there's certain things you want to try to put in place uh it could be local local market demands there's uh, hospital mergers and acquisitions happening in chicago and those are some things you got to keep ahead on trends and so how do you plan accordingly that one plan worked for you now but you hire new employees and they're not maybe the acquisition's done or maybe the networks have changed or whatever it might be there's a lot of things going on so you just need to be up to speed on some of that um making it a priority to figure out okay what is what is the most important thing right now for my business and my employees it actually may not be medical insurance it may be something else such as retiree programs uh, paid time off. Um, there's a number of things. Wellness programs just depends on who you're trying to hire and who you're trying to attract. Medical is probably the number one sought after benefit, but it doesn't mean that that is, that is going to be for you and what you're trying to do. But providing a number of these may provide you access to scalability as far as hiring new people. So let's say, for example, you only have one. Well, you might want to just go ahead and if, you, if you're already spending time, you might as well review all the insurances, right? Uh, you might as well look at, you know, the health insurance, dental, vision, whatever it might be, and provide incrementally like timelines and say, okay, I'm going to add this now and add this later. doesn't mean that you have to pay for it necessarily, but providing it to you. Um, so, but obviously employees want employers to pay for it. It's always about the almighty dollar, but, uh, and it'll help attract people anyway. So, What's your ROI? Like we have one company that we just went through the renewal process, does not provide a group life insurance benefit. We talked about it and he's like, okay, how much is it going to cost? Well, if we get 100% enrollment, it was only going to cost a little over 100 bucks a month for sure it's $10,000 worth of benefit. But he's like, why didn't you tell me this before? I would have paid the $100 so I could provide another benefit. Well, we talked about it just wasn't top of mind at that point. But I'm just saying that some things could be very inexpensive to to make it available to you. Maybe add another perk um, to, you know, how about paid time off? You know, I know a lot of employees, if you gamify time off, I think that um, makes it a little more fun to work in the workplace. And so there's certain things that you may want to work on into your plan to help make it scalable scalable based on uh, attracting new employees. Uh, Leveraging technology. A lot of employers still want to do paper because it's easier uh, for them. Even the newer generation at starting up companies, they're not always savvy when it comes to benefits. Um, therefore, maybe not looking at looking at online just makes it more confusing. But I'm telling you, putting the technology in early and starting to get used to it, uh, HR platform, you could document things, you could put notes on our employees. It's super easy to reference. You could do it off site. So if for some reason you're working remote and you need to get access to an employee's file, it's there. Um, instead of having to go to a file cabinet that could potentially get in a fire one day or you move locations and it's in an archive somewhere and the list goes on. So definitely scalability, move the technology, digital documents, digital tools, a lot easier to scale with. Provide uh, flexibility with benefits such as the the wellness programs. And like I said, pay time off, right? So 
You might uh, trade dollars with your employees. There's certain ways to strategize reimbursement uh, rules. And then, um, again, in some cases you could gamify certain things to a point where, you know, provide an incentive for employees to work harder and longer uh, within, you know, the means of the Department of Labor. But there's there's ways that you can put it together, but you could plan some of these in advance. Um, and definitely review the benefit plan peri- periodically. It's not something that want, people want to do. I know every year there's a few of my clients that call them up and and as soon as they know I'm on the other end of the phone, they're like, Butch, you know this is a, a bad time of the year for me um, because I have to listen to you talk about our health insurance renewal. And so obviously it makes uh, room for jokes, but, um, but it, it's important to keep these updated. And I'm telling you, yeah, it's people resist it. Um, some people claim they'd rather get a root canal than deal with the, some of this. And that may be true, but I'm telling you, the more you listen to it, the more you hear about it on a regular basis, pulling in the resources, having somebody else do the homework, such as our, the benefit consultants, you may have to pay for some of this, but, but at least if your resources are coming to you, you can make better decisions. And so if you hear it often enough, you'll at least have an idea what's going on. Same thing that happens in the workplace where, Eventually, every business owner understands a balance sheet and a profit and loss statement, right? When you first get in business, you have no idea what you're looking at. Um, And same thing goes with dealing with employees and marketing and sales and dealing with your industry. Like, you just learn things as you go along. Don't avoid the employee benefit program. Uh, Learn about it, hear about it, um, and and grow with the company uh, and grow the benefits so that you can attract and retain great talent.